Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds from the studios of WBNS Radio in Columbus, Ohio. This is the Nerd Association Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Barnett. And I'm your other host, Mark Finch. Daniel, what do you think of when I say, my wife? Uh, um, <laughs> I think of... I uh, went with... I tried to go with the least <laughs> offensive Borat quote no, that I know. throw out. <laughs> I think of every time I hear that, there's this gesture that I can only describe because we're an auditory medium of me removing my glasses and pinching the bridge of my nose. <laughs> that'll tell you how I... Uh, I, I would assume with a with a throw like that, we will be talking about the most recent Borat, which is what technically called Borat, uh, subsequent, subsequent movie film <laughs> delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Yes. Uh, um. So the movie's got a lot of controversy around it, and I think it's worth noting right up front <laughs> that. My day job is as a political journalist, and so there are probably some things that I think about this movie that I'm not going to talk about because of, you know, the importance to my career of staying unbiased. Uh, And that's also worth saying (laughs) that any views that I uh, espouse on this podcast are not those of our parent company, Tegna. I know I have to be the killjoy and be the one to bring bring in the, you know, the disclaimer. But anyway, now that that's all said... Obviously, this is a, a a movie that was released fairly recently. We wanted mm. to talk about it because of how you know it's it's proximity in time to where we are. But tell me about because I've never seen the original Borat. Well, I've seen enough of the original Borat to know I didn't want to finish the original Borat. Tell me where your like when you knew this movie was coming out. Where did that hit you? I was very interested in seeing it. it it's interesting because for somebody I think in my age group. It, Borat has a very strange relationship because as a kid, it came out in like 2006 or 2007. So I definitely saw it when I was like 13 or 14, which is like, I guess just the right age for like not getting it, but still finding it funny. (laughs) You know what I mean? I want to come back to that precise idea later, but yes, I do know exactly (laughs) what you mean. (laughs) Like I knew enough to get all the vulgarity and the, you know, the jokes he's making at the expense of other cultures or other people, but not developed enough to really understand that. Like he was making what exactly fun of he was trying he was to do. making fun of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I think the first movie does a lot better job of that. I think the biggest difference between the first movie and this one, just to throw this out there right away yeah. is in the first one, it seems like he kind of has to go to some some more back roads type, you know, infiltrate some things. Whereas now it seems like it wasn't very hard for him to find these people, yeah, to spout his things to to get their reaction. That you you know you and now it's just more cringy too because it's it it, it doesn't seem like a huge outlier. It seems like these are just people fairly mainstream, found. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's the biggest difference between the first movie and now. And I think something that really sums up this subsequent movie film, the second Borat, I I read this uh, from one of the writers at The Ringer that they called this one uh, more of like a an election special, 
which I think it does. It, it, I think that's a, an apt description because it really is, you, you know, we'll know this going forward, but it seems like this one is more of a snapshot in time. Yeah. Whereas it was the first one was a little more broad of just like people who are racist or people who are bigoted or what, whatever he went after in the first one. Yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen being the he there. Yeah. I think the, and again, I, I admit that I don't, I never saw the full original Borat because when I f- came to it, I just was like, this is, d- I think this is going to be dumb. I'm not going to spend time on it. Um, sorry. It just, we all know that I don't like fun or humor. Um, <laughs> I don't understand it. And so I tend not to watch movies that are like big, dumb comedies, which I, I don't think the original Borat was, and I maybe should have given it a chance and maybe still will. Um, this movie doesn't feel like it will be able to be appreciated for a while to the extent like in this moment in time, it's mm-hmm. kind of a cringeworthy movie. Because yeah, as you said, agree. the things that are that are being put on display for us, the audience, to ridicule or to get some sort of message from are just so mainstream that they're not they just are kind of like another example of what you might see on the real news. Like, mm-hmm. Um and I think it's also hard to judge because too are these things just being so much more amplified now because of how, you know, even though the the first one only 15 years ago or so, but like you can just log on to Facebook or Twitter and just see these kind of views well, right. and all they, the time. And they make a point of saying that like on Facebook, you can go on and see, I mean, the, the thing that they use is a Holocaust denial, which mm-hmm. as you and I discussed a little bit ahead of time, I'm Jewish and I had, it was a, a jagged pill to swallow to watch this film with all the anti-Semitism, which I understand Sasha Baron Cohen is himself an Orthodox Jew. And, yeah. <laughs> but again, we'll get into, you know, the satire and does it land and all that. But there were moments yeah. in the film that not just as a, as a human and as an American, but just like personally was like, oh God, that's, yeah, that you can find that on Facebook. Uh, but <laughs> I'm not sure that it's necessarily humor, yeah. quote unquote humor. Yeah. At what point do you, do you draw the line between, like something just being wholly offensive and even pointing it out isn't something that sure. is, is worthy of you know your your satirical movie and it you don't want to come off sounding like you know the the people who call everything offensive or the people who get accused of that nowadays but there the biggest problem with this movie is like what i said off the top is you don't know how other people are viewing this sure. and how they're taking in the media well, I, I'm going to say, so I think let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the controversy because, I mean, o- the obvious controversy is that it's just a controversial film. It it mm-hmm. shows controversial points of view, um, but I, the fact that it is, um, it shows, it tries to pass itself off as a mockumentary, one it's damaging to not not all mockumentaries are damaging to the idea of like real journalism but this mm-hmm. in a time where where people are willing to say fake news to anything they don't believe in on the television or internet or whatever um and i'm a journalist i can tell you the fact that the the two main characters in this film are claiming to be international journalists is a it's a scary time for that to be uh put out there especially yeah. when the way that they get access to the people in the film 
is by telling them that they're making some sort of documentary or film or whatever. A lot of people who had involvement in this film were lied to about what they what the film was <laughs> uh, and what their role was. And so it's not even a documentary because in those cases, they don't know that that the things they do are just being passed off as, I don't know, some sort of journalistic footage that's troubling. And, and you ask, when does it cross a line? I mean, I, the first one that I'm going to say is speaking to a Holocaust survivor while dressed as the most anti-Semitic depiction of like Jewry from history. And then Mm -hmm. using that conversation, which was a heartwarming moment. You have this, this, you know, aged woman who, somebody is is spouting anti-Semitism right in her face and she goes over and hugs and kisses him and feeds him. It's, and, and I'll tell you this about the, this movie has so many moments that would be heartwarming if they didn't immediately like waste the capital that they earned in a good scene point case in point. Well, Cause yeah, it's not, it's not in search of those moments. Well, but case in point, the the only like a learning opportunity moment for Borat as a character ends with him skipping out of a synagogue telling like shouting thank goodness the holocaust was real like no <laughs> sorry I, I i agree with you that we can't be like so sensitive as to not find humor in anything but i don't think that that is humor like that's not <laughs> i don't know that just maybe it's just me that was not a moment where I thought, oh, what a joke. That was a moment where I went, oh, God. <laughs> there, there's definitely more cringe moments in this one than in the first one. I think the first one's a, a pretty funny movie. Yeah. All things accounted for. I haven't seen it in a while. I saw it probably last when I was in college sometime. So that's also like another thing. I, I would think that the way I view things and my worldview, stuff like that, has changed even since then. So if I were to watch the first one again, because I don't remember everything verbatim but there were also more just like general comedy set pieces in that one like he he buys a Baywatch magazine from a yard sale and like falls in love with Pamela Anderson and like tries to like go find her in Hollywood and they actually do end up finding her or there's the scene where both naked he and his assistant run through a hotel carrying sex toys while chasing each other and like you know it's gross and grotesque but it's that's mostly just funny. There's sure. nothing to, there's nothing to look at that and be like, Oh, what does that say about our society? It just is, a, you know, a stupid comedy set piece that they added to the movie. And this one seems more pointed towards either pointing people out or pointing out uh, political opinions and whether, you know, it, it doesn't even well, matter whether or not you agree with them. It's just, that's the target. Well, and when they do put in those sort of big, dumb comedy moments, I mean, ordering three fleshlights or him doing uh, doing calisthenics with a strap on like Mm -hmm. they don't land. (laughs) You know what I mean? There are those big, dumb moments in this film and Mm -hmm. they don't and they don't uh, him wearing a mask as a mankini like they don't they're they don't they don't even land in the in the movie that they're supposed to land in you know what i mean it, it's almost <laughs> odd that like the the stuff that worked in borat one at a different time and was funny then is almost being parodied now by the same guy right he's making and fun it's like of his own borat, gag <laughs> is borat a satire now of just itself it's confusing right is it is, to- is is he parodying himself mm-hmm. and i think the answer is kind of yes 
Yeah. Well, and then he has to spend, you know, what, 60, 70% of the movie in disguise because Borat, the character is too popular now. And right. they do that in that first scene when he comes to America and he's there and everybody's just recognizing him because, well, Borat looks like Borat. Right. I just don't think it lands. And I think let's get into what I think is maybe the biggest conversation to have about this movie, which is. I don't know if it's just this moment in history or if it's from this moment on, but I I posit we may be in a post-satire society where, at least at this moment, satire doesn't land. Like, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't do the thing that it's supposed to do. And that's because we've gone so far beyond any sort of objective ethics or morality about like what is just a baseline of of decency yeah i mean okay so let's talk about satire for a second like one of the most pieces of famous historical pieces of satire was the the essay a modest proposal by jonathan swift and in that satire he he lampoons the english nobility who had were were so like oppressing the irish people that he proposed that a solution would be just to start eating Irish children. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I, I can't, I can't say that I know what it's like actual impact in changing <laughs> the plight of the Irish in that time period was, but it mm-hmm. got attention in a way that made people realize like, Oh, if, and, and, and even the people who didn't get that it was satire, like you read a modest proposal and there's nothing in it that makes you think there's nothing in it that is the wink and a nudge. Except yeah, that it's, it's such a straight. except that it's yeah. such a ludicrous idea that you you your brain almost has to go to this must be there must be something else going on here, and I I think that this Borat is so shallow, <laughs> and it's that it, it, it you talked about watching the original Borat as a teenager and you were old enough to laugh but not old enough to understand the like mm-hmm. deeper thing, and this we are we are living in a a South Park society or a South Park satire culture where a lot of people, and I, and I am a person who has watched South Park and like South Park, but it, I find it more and more problematic yeah. for the reason that I find Borat problematic, which is that it's only satire in so far as people understand that you are against the thing that you are mocking. Yes. So this was a point I wanted to get to is that it seems like satire because of, you know, just a lot of things going on in society right now can like play both sides and get the laugh on the straight joke of what it is. It would be like if people could laugh at the idea of suggesting we eat all the Irish children. Right. When that, when the, the modest proposal was written and now so there are people who can you know can get the satire but then there's also people who will laugh at the the face value of the racism and things like that and does the satire accomplish what it does if it's also still feeding into the people it's trying to be satirical about one of the things it's completely different in a way but the the reaction to it is similar to me the people who laugh at the face value of these Borat gags and the things he's doing that are clearly horrible. And the satire is that, Oh my God, how does this exist? How are people letting him get away with it? Is the sat right? Is the satire. Yeah. And then 
But then if you, if, yeah, if you just laugh at it at the face value, what it reminds me of the movie, the Wolf of wall street. Yeah. In that there are people who don't get that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Jordan Belfort in that is the bad guy, right? These are bad people and they're, they're, they're ravenous and rabid pursuit of money at any cost and all this stuff. And like the, the excess they live their lives with and the, the, just the crazy look in their eyes as they, as they throw those parties and they rack up money by taking advantage of the stock market and things like that. That is not something to aspire to <laughs> look up to. Yeah, right. exactly. And that's what, when people see that movie, they, they, they like, when you identify with those characters, you're not getting it. Well, and I feel that the same thing happens with Borat. I agree with you. And I think it's only like, the the thing this movie fails at is that you um you only get the point if you already agree with the point and and that yeah. and and again that requires a level of insight and also a sort of willingness to question your own stuff like your own beliefs and that's where i say like south park is guilty of this in the same way this movie is if you don't understand that the point of the movie and the show is not to act like the characters in the movie and the show, they just come off as being compelling characters that you want to emulate. Therefore, yeah. you just sort of become a sarcastic asshole or you think it's funny to to just like, you know, display the sort of virulent behavior. <laughs> mm-hmm. No pun intended, although spoiler alert, literally pun intended, I guess. That the and that's the also that this movie at the end becomes the uh, the origin story of the COVID nineteen pandemic is just yeah. like oh my god like <laughs> I just don't I just was kind of like what this is the thing you were getting to like they they definitely sowed the seeds throughout the movie like this was filmed in March. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like very few people were taking it seriously in March or, you know, earlier this year. Yeah. And to me, that kind of accomplished this idea that now sitting where we are, that is satire to show like or it's it's dramatic irony, I guess, that that we the audience know something that the people in the film filmed nine months ago didn't know then. Mm-hmm. Um the, t- can I tell you that the only part of the movie that I really felt like was actual satire, that no matter where you were on the political spectrum, you would actually have to stop and think about your, like your your own beliefs. The okay. only the only part of the movie that's actually satire is the that scene of the like the running of the Americans with the giant like puppet heads on. Yes, running through Which, the streets like attacking people, a, and then shooting and killing. It's a satire of. It's what we were talking about. It's a satire it's a, of the of the original movie, right? The parody. In the original movie. It's the in their world. They have the running of the Jew, right? And it's terrible caricatures of Jewish people chasing after it. So then to turn that around, yeah, you're right. But that to get that's the only moment of sat like true, unequivocal satire. <laughs> You're right, because I don't think that one, that's one of the few ones that doesn't, like, register on both sides. Right. The the people who that's making fun of or the idea of that, those people would probably be offended by that, which would be, that would be in itself ironic. 
that you could watch a whole movie and laugh at all this terrible stuff, but then when realize, it, yeah, then yeah, then when it turns it around and does it on you, if you get offended by that, then yeah, it, the movie definitely went all the way over your head. I even think when he's singing the the country song, and you know, doing the the call and response where he talks about, uh, you know, shooting people up with the 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 Wuhan flu, quote unquote, mm-hmm. or cutting them up like the Saudis do. Like I don't know, man. I know the point is that you're showing people gleefully shouting these terrible things, but I, again, I don't think that's satire. I think that that is the, maybe the, the truest documentary part of the film where people are in a public space at a rally where they know, like it's is easy for, for, um, Tutar to pretend to be a journalist in that setting we talked about like the idea that she's part of this far right, mm-hmm. uh, you know, homebrew journalism organization. They have this like sprinter van that they've painted something on the side of. And because they have that in a camera, people will talk to them I, again. That part of the movie really isn't mockumentary or drama or comedy. It's that's a documentary. And so, <laughs> yeah, because. I mean, that would be uh, that would probably be a more interesting movie for somebody just to try to make, you know, one of those new, you know, sure. new media news teams and go out and just film with that. Because and I mean, that's not even that far off. You see those kind of things on YouTube and stuff like that. People right. going into, you know, just man on the street type things and like people who just don't get they're being made fun of. Yeah, while they're and they're not even you. A lot of times you don't have to go that far. <laughs> these, sure. you know, these people will tell on themselves right away. Yeah. I, I don't know. Whereas, it just it just seemed to me like I understand. I'm not I know what Sasha Baron Cohen was trying to do. And I think it's good that somebody of his like people are gonna let me say this. This movie might not have been some sort of triumph in filmmaking, and it's pro- definitely problematic in the way it was made and like the things it depicts and how it depicts them. If there is something good to be said about the lar- the big picture, because I, I mean, mm. I'm sure there are things you and I can say about the film that are nice on the like the details. But on the big picture, Sasha Baron Cohen knew that if he put out a Borat movie, people from all over the spectrum would watch it. And if yeah. there is something to be said, it's that he knew like he's using the audience that he knows he will have to shine a light on uh, one of the most trub- like p- problematic times in our history. So, okay, I'll give like even if and he's somebody he's somebody big enough and strong enough that he can stand up to getting pushback from it right. from any direction and stand behind what you know I would I, I wouldn't go as far as to like take it away from him like I would call it his art like it's yeah. certainly a performance art piece well and ha- him having the backing of Amazon the richest company in the world means that it do- kind of doesn't matter what lawsuits are filed they're going to be able mm-hmm. to stick up for it as in a way that yeah. like uh, as you pointed like a man on the street journalist or somebody just like trying to point it out on YouTube or something isn't yeah. going to be able to do because of the fear of repercussion um or just YouTube taking it down or whatever sure, you know like Amazon yeah is putting this on their platform they own the platform. It's yeah. not getting taken down. So now, can I, can we? Uh, do we have anything else disparaging to say about this? <laughs> I know we've just spent the first however many minutes. I did. I did want to get to. I did want to get to that. Was there anything you found funny that you find yourself laughing at? Because I think Sasha Baron Cohen is a very 
talented comedian. He yeah. is funny. Well, and I and I thought that um, oh, I'm blanking. It's right here in front of me. Hold on. I thought Maria Bakalova was also excellent. I thought she was better than he was, and I appreciated that 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 he took a back seat to her for a lot of the film to let yeah. her story be told. And so, she's a relative unknown actress. They just kind of cast her, yeah. I believe. I, I will say this. I mean, were the the sort of storyline moments shoehorned into this like mockumentary film that people were expecting? Yes. I did find it to be compelling in a way that I kind of hated that I found it compelling. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I was sitting through much of this movie just like arms crossed, cringing, not feel like enjoying the time but then yeah. there were moments where i was like okay this is a more this is a compelling story to tell like this father-daughter story and him i i also think the thing that this that it accomplished is like showing that we, at least we're at a point in history where a lot of there is more of a push towards women like female empowerment which is was mm -hmm. cool like to even see people that you wouldn't expect to be like yeah women have all the same rights as men and like shouldn't that be the way it is be saying those things. Yeah. Um, I laughed very hard one time. And the thing I laughed okay. very hard at one time was the quote, may all your shits have antlers. <laughs> I thought that was, and that, and they don't even say, it. I mean, they say it, but, but the, it was the subtitles. Um, I also laughed at the, um, him saying that America is calculator crazy and Brian, the salesman, like having a fairly important role in the film then. Yeah, uh, and his twin brother, um, the <laughs> who lives in the phone. Yeah, who no lives in the calculator. Yeah, the fax machine guy was maybe like one of my favorite characters because <laughs> I thought that was funny because that's the one where you get this honest reaction from just a random person that he's interacting yeah. with. That isn't the joke. Isn't that guy so out of touch and so terrible? It's. It, him reacting to this ridiculous facts conversation right and getting tied in and and in, in a conversation where like murder is being threatened that the guy <laughs> yeah. is just kind of like just read, read it out it. loud also and the board has to be like hmm also what the to do about that the time he took drawing the sad face when he was like please put the sad face at the end it was like i was like <laughs> that dude's a good dude he's he's working yeah. hard he's doing his job um also janice jones not yes. enough good can happen to janice jones in her life um, and the, the you know, there's people who set up a GoFundMe for her right. that has exceeded its. I don't know what it's at, but it's exceeded its original goal. So good for her. Yeah, yeah. She is the not the only good person. You mentioned the older Jewish woman later in the movie, Judith. And stuff. Yeah, who is yeah. who's just wonderful. Um, and I, but yeah, Janice. My understanding is that the the GoFundMe that was set up for her made one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in its first week, and that she's since been cast in like in a film. Um, so, I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's some, there's some good going on there. It, it was good even to see, again, people that you might not expect it, it did a good job of humanizing, like the guys in the cabin who, okay, they said things that were not, that were horrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, you know, we're just like spouting QAnon theories, <clears throat> Which, by the way, then they if, all... you, if, if your response to me saying, like, QAnon is something to be derided is, this guy's an idiot, then go to some other podcast. We don't need you. <laughs> this probably isn't the right podcast for you. They humanized them. Like, they took a guy in. I don't know what under under what circumstances, but they, like, took him in and, and wrote him a song, which was a bad, not a nice song, but they did it. And even the, like, the, the, the um, women for Trump meeting, like... 
trying to be supportive of this young woman who came in and again to what extent these people are acting because there's a camera pointed at them who knows but um they did i want to yeah i wanted to talk about the guys in the cabin though for a second because you're, you're right yeah it does a good job of humanizing them it makes you think also when you see somebody who you've known for a long time in your life or maybe a family member or something like that that like is spouting these things on facebook remember remember to use your empathy in that situation sometimes too that like these people can get caught in these wormholes of facebook and things like that and like it doesn't mean that they've completely changed and are horrible people they're just having a really hard time breaking out of that because the way these algorithms are written and the way people you know lock themselves in especially right now where you don't get to go out and interact in the real world as much it's it's not hard for especially vulnerable people to be susceptible to to those kind of things and fall down into that and they shouldn't be people that should be fully given up on um i mean you maybe can get to that point if you really look into it and try to reach out to somebody but i think there's something to be said about that i agree with with i agree with the largest part of that which is i think there's a, a generation and i think your and my parents and people of that age are probably of this generation that still have a hard time getting their mind around the idea that you you anybody can put anything on the internet mm-hmm. and that just because you've read it on the internet doesn't mean that it has any basis in fact. Because <laughs> they come from a time where, yeah, If it got the, into a newspaper, newspaper or if it got onto the radio or the television, it somebody had to fa- fact check it. <laughs> yeah. There <laughs> and, are no gatekeepers anymore. Or, or very few. And when there yeah. are gatekeepers, they're derided as somehow being like anti-free speech. <laughs> when uh, th- that one gets me because i'm like you agreed to the terms and conditions of using twitter right like <laughs> that free speech doesn't protect your your tweets I, well this it, gets into a larger conversation about how yeah. people misunderstand what freedom means freedom doesn't uh-huh. mean doing whatever the hell you want whenever the hell you want like <laughs> we should still yeah. use our common sense to think like i can do a thing but should i <laughs> exactly and, yeah but that's one a, last thing on the, the guys in the cabin, too, yeah. is there's the moment where he's showing them his book on raising a daughter or whatever. Yeah. And they call it out and they're like, that's not right, man. And it's like, oh, guys, you're so close. You're so, <laughs> you're, yeah, you're you're so, so close. close. He's doing this on purpose. He's pointing this out to you that, like, look at this ridiculous thing that I've been told is true and read. And I believe it. And then they point out that it's false. Good. Halfway there. Yeah. Now turn that book around and put it on your Facebook and see how you react to it. But yeah, no, it does a good job, but again, it takes all that capital of trying to give you some faith in humanity and then immediately spoils it with, I wrote you a song last night about how Obama should go to prison and how China's trying to kill us all with a virus. Like, God bless it. I know that that's the point is to show that like it can be like a person can be both things, but it's just, it's, I, I just found it a movie that was hard to watch because it, it didn't give me any faith in humanity, which I I would just like, you know, yeah he needs, I just want some more faith in humanity. (laughs) To put more faith in it, it needs an arc where somebody goes over the arc that Borat went over, but it's like a real person he found. Right. That's where it would be if if he turned around and those guys he met in the cabin that he stayed with for a few days, if he did enough of his performance and pointed out the 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 terrible things that 
on, on his side. And then that led to some introspection. And then they kind of took that arc where they realized that, oh, some of this stuff isn't. You know, that would give it the humanity that would make the movie a, a little more lasting. That's the other thing is this movie, more so than even the first one, is a snapshot. And I don't know how much staying power it's going to have. I don't know if watching this, the next election cycle in four years is going to, you, you'll still have the same cringe moments and everything, but I don't know if it'll resonate the same way and right. only time will tell. Yeah. You, you kind of have to have lived this time to even be able mm-hmm. to interact with this film at all, which I don't know that there's necessarily something wrong with that, but um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It just got, I guess this, this is a movie that gallivants as a comedy mockumentary that just kind of bummed me out. Like, <laughs> and that's the thing about, I'm not saying it's not important and I'm not saying that it like doesn't have decent goals at its heart, but it just, it just bummed me out. And I yeah. don't know if I need I, that in my, I don't think it motivated me to do. And I think maybe that's the thing that we, you and I are getting at. I didn't feel motivated to like, <laughs> It, you know what I mean? I already was like, yeah. yes, I agree with the point you're trying to make, but it didn't it didn't make me want to get out and do anything about it. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's the wrong tact to take, but there's also the rule in comedy to to never punch down and only punch up. And this one seemed more in a sense punching down. It seemed like he had more specific targets in the first one. Yeah. And sometimes there were people who were wealthy or people who were in charge of things or something like that. And there is still that in this one, but you know, sometimes it just, those like, we keep talking about those guys in the cabin, like they're just some guys. Right. And yeah, I mean, is it, are, is it that people, yeah, there's a group of people enabling a group, another group of people at the top to make detrimental decisions, but like, are, is it really the people that have gotten caught up in the conspiracy or like drank the Kool-Aid? Mm-hmm. I'd be like going to it'd be like going to Jim Jones, like Jonestown and shouting at the people who are worshiping like and dr- about to drink cyanide lace Kool-Aid while yeah. Jim Jones, the sort of like messed up self like aggrandizing, like egocentric fake messiah is over there. And you could just as easily <laughs> go scream at him you know what i mean exactly and i mean like i said there are moments punching up sure. we don't have to hit the giuliani thing everybody has talked about that i don't know how much more there is to say about that it's a compromising situation it doesn't look good he's an old man that like i think is lost yeah I, I, <laughs> at the same time i don't even know if it's that damning he's just a creepy old dude doing creepy old yeah. dude stuff uh, yeah, no, it looks doesn't look great. I wouldn't want to be in his situation. I wouldn't. <laughs> but at the same time, what does it really accomplish? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, what is it? Yeah, it just it, that's the problem with a thing like Borat right now is because people who will come to the defense of that are just going to double down, and the people who are going to see that as you know just yeah, just like a like really damning. creepy old guy thing to do are already probably not big fans of Giuliani. Right. And I think that kind So what of, does this accomplish? Precisely. That gets to what we've been talking about all along, which is does this really do anything? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I, it's tough. I just feel like I, I, I just feel like we're being a bunch of bummers, but I, I that's how I feel about this. It's not that it's it's necessarily bad. It's just it just I bums me the, out. Uh, I thought some of the best reaction ones uh, that didn't feel quite as bad, like the cotillion scene. Yeah. 
was, was kind of funny. And then like the, it, you know, and then it just goes completely absurd right. with that, with the dance and like that, like, I don't know. There's certain, do you like, can you just shut off your brain and just <laughs> laugh at that for the, the ridiculousness and the grotesqueness of it? I, I don't, it's, well, the problem is, is like, again, so there, there's another perfect example of wasted capital. There's their, they're mm-hmm. going and they're doing this dance and clearly this like group of Georgia socialites is enjoying that. And even if it's a sort of like tokenizing of another culture, it's like they're enjoying that this, this father and daughter are going to get up and do something different. They're going to do this, yeah. this dance that is like from their place and people are clapping and they're like getting on board with it. And then it, again, it immediately spends that feel good capital in being like, and here's the most like Stephen King writes about periods moment you've ever heard or ever seen. <laughs> It's just like, yeah. good God. <laughs> and again, well, yeah, what is your point? Like, what do you, because at that point you've, you've gone full circle, twi- like one and a half circles. Cause you start out by showing these people as like some of the older men are kind of creepy. Some, you know, right. it's kind of a weird event, all this stuff. And then you go to, then you go full circle and you come back to, Oh, they might actually appreciate seeing something from a different culture. And then you dive back in. And it's confusing well, because yes, like that's a terrible thing for like their their dance to devolve into as far as like being offensive to foreign cultures. But you're not against the the people at the dance for thinking that that is gross, right? Well, sure, yeah, exactly. And, and in a way, it kind of like it goes. It almost seems to reinforce the idea. Okay, if you're an if you're a socialite and there's this idea of like proper conduct, and then uh-huh. somebody comes in and does a thing that's definitely not part of proper conduct, but you can like you can respect it and you can appreciate it. Okay, that's one thing. But then it kind of confirms this idea that other cultures are backwards and stupid, or or gross or somehow like less. Yeah. So it doubles back on itself in a way that like confirms a bias, which is, oh, these people are from some like Asian country and they're backwards and stupid and gross. Like it, I, again, it, it not, it's not doing, it's not which teaching is, anybody anything. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably the biggest casualty of not just this one, but both Borat movies is that he picked a real country. Well, yeah. You know, it would, it would still be bad if it was just unnamed eastern european or something country like that or whatever it needs to be but the fact that it's a real country and that stuff is like scripted to a degree it's not just like people on the street of kazakhstan i think even the first one i don't know about this one but i think even the first one isn't even filmed in kazakhstan it's filmed in a different country and the people the people also aren't big fans of it who were filmed because they were kind of duped into sure and that goes that goes to the punching down thing in comedy like it's not really that funny when you look into it and realize that he tricked these like peasants in a foreign country to pretend like they were part of this terrible village. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, and you can root for the moments where he tricks people that, that are easy to like, not despise, but like point out, well, the, the, the predatory plastic surgeon or I mean, Rudy Giuliani, a person of immense political power, like, getting a little too handsy with a young attractive female journalist mm-hmm. like it's easy to get to point at those people and say they're bad <clears throat> excuse me but but yeah just to like 
I don't know. And then again, and then again, even the people that you're supposed to like, like Janice Jones, is somebody that was in real life taken advantage of <laughs> to make this film. Yeah. Uh, again, a Holocaust survivor, Judith from the synagogue, who died, by the way, in the in the intervening time. Um, to to put upon that, yeah, it just you kind of are like, all right, dude, I know the point you're trying to make, but I'm having a hard time getting behind you. <laughs> I think it, I, I still, I, I like that depiction that I read of like calling it like, you know, it, it's not about the election, but it's right. like an election year special of Borat. Like, would this have been better as a 40 minute special? Yeah, I don't. Well, and then again, to tie in this sort of fictionalized narrative about the COVID-19 pandemic, I'm sorry. I just, that to me was just like, okay. Un- unnecessary to try to seem relevant to current events. Mm-hmm. They did. They never would have had to do that that bit at the end, at all. And it's you know what I mean. It didn't. It didn't add anything to the movie except to give you yet another thing to go to shake your head at. Yeah, it's not funny. Which... It's not clever. It's just kind of like, oh, it's re- again, just... it's reinforcing everyone's worst biases of what actually happened, which is to say, hey, look in this movie. We did. Uh, uh, an Asian country did uh, manufacture a vaccine and spread it. And for the people that that won't look past the end of their nose and try to consider like how ridiculous that sounds, it just reinforces a bad bias. <laughs> yeah, and just like we were saying with the with South Park and like the Wolf of Wall Street, there's a lot of people who miss the point and don't understand what characters are supposed to be the vile ones and what characters are supposed to be the revered ones. Right. Well, and, and in and in a film like this, even the even the characters that you're probably supposed to relate to are not complicated in a way that makes them interesting, but just like do you know, you know what I mean? Even the characters yeah. that you're supposed to quote unquote revere from this film are part of the gag are like are are gagged upon i don't know i just don't uh whatever we we're beating this we're beating a dead horse <laughs> yeah i think we're we're there we've we've given our opinion i think it's uh do do i recommend borat too i uh, tell me what you think <laughs> <sighs> It's that's a tough one for sure. I would go with a tentative yes, but it's not really something you need to. I I don't know what to say about recommending it. I it's not as funny as the first one. If you actually that's what it is. If you crave Borat, just go watch the first one again. Yeah, it's a better movie and it's funnier. So so my my <laughs> my wife enjoyed um the original Borat and was excited that another Borat was coming out and she got a chance to watch it before I did for the show. And yes. she kind of made fun of me because when I when you had suggested, it, I knew that it was something you know it was worth us talking about. But I kind of dreaded it, and she was like, "Well, it's why are you not looking for like why aren't you looking forward to watching this movie?" And I was like, "Because it sounds like it's a big old bummer, and that I'm not gonna like it." <laughs> and so I, I can't say that I'm excited about watching it. And when I was like, "Isn't it just kind of about how people are racists and like 
Holocaust deniers and like virus deniers and and she was like, "Well, I guess when you put it that way, it is a bummer, isn't it?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> so to 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 your point, chops, I I don't recommend it. And I, I maybe I'll go watch the original Borat so that I can understand why people were compelled to be excited about. But I, I don't recommend it if you want to. If you want to watch a movie that makes you lose faith in humanity, like there's other ways to do that in this day and age. Just doom scroll on Twitter for like 10 minutes or go on to Facebook and you'll lose faith in humanity really quickly. I don't know that I yep. need Amazon Prime to give me an hour and 35 minutes of that. <laughs> so I, I agree with you. So, yeah, my recommendation for Borat 2 is watch Borat 1. <laughs> there you go. That'll be that's the tagline. Our, Borat 2. Just watch Borat 1 instead. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I guess uh, this is the moment where I say to those who are still listening, thanks for coming along on our like journey of of irritation. Uh, I know this isn't as like exciting or or uh, funny an episode as we would normally try to do on Nerd Association, uh, but there you go. It is what it is. Um, if you are interested in giving us some, you know what? <laughs> Seriously, if you're listening to this. I want you to send me something on on Twitter to be like, here, have some faith in humanity slash laugh at something that's actually funny. That's not just a plug. Please do it. Uh, you can do that by finding us on Twitter at nerd That's N-E-R-D underscore A-S-S-O-C. Uh, you can also send us your your ideas there. You can let us know what you like, what you don't like. Um, and like our one of our upcoming guests, if you find us on there, uh, you might become one of our nerds, might be coming on the show. You can also do that by emailing us at nerdassoc at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>